Good morning and welcome to the Bakersfield Health Channel, where we talk about the small efforts you can make to improve your health today that yield big benefits in the future too. Today we have the opportunity to speak with Vinod Kumar, MD. Dr. Kumar is a cardiologist and the medical director of the Heart, Vascular and Leg Center in Bakersfield, California. He is fellowship trained in cardiology at Baylor College of Medicine and in interventional cardiology at UCLA. Dr. Kumar has developed a multidisciplinary team under one roof that includes cardiologists, interventionalists, vascular specialists, podiatrists, and wound surgeons so that patients can get the care they need without unnecessary delay or discomfort. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Kumar. Good morning, Amy. Dr. Kumar, let's start by building a baseline understanding of peripheral vascular disease, what it is, what causes it, and how it's treated. But first, it goes by a couple of different names, doesn't it? Well, we call it peripheral artery disease or peripheral vascular disease. Those are the two most common names. It also goes by the acronym PAD, doesn't it? That's right. That's, that's very true. Yes, yes, yes. PAD is very commonly used. Okay, wonderful. So let's talk about what PAD, peripheral arterial disease, actually is. Well, uh, Amy, uh, just like coronary artery disease, anytime there's a plaque buildup in the arteries in our body anywhere, we call it the disease. You know, just like uh, a plaque builds up in the coronary arteries, it's the coronary artery disease. A plaque, a plaque buildup in the brain arteries or the kidney arteries or the leg or hands arteries, we call it, because it's in the peripheral system, we call it peripheral artery disease. Plaque slowly builds up to the point that it starts reducing the blood flow to the vital organs and then it can eventually block it completely so that it shuts off the blood supply. When there is lack of the blood supply, then the organs start dying, and that's when people have, whether we call it a brain a stroke, if there's a blockage in the brain arteries, heart attack, if there's a blockage in the heart arteries, and gangrene of the foot, if there's a blockage in the leg arteries, and that eventually leads to amputation. And that's what we fear the most about the peripheral artery disease, that it can lead to amputation. Are there risk factors for PAD? Things like injuries, other disease processes, family history, age, that might put our listeners at risk for PAD? Right. We should look for diabetes and anybody who has a history of smoking. Those are the two main risk factors that lead to development of the blockage in the peripheral arteries or the leg arteries. There are other risk factors, just like anywhere else for the heart attacks, like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, poor nutrition, lack of exercise, especially sedentary lifestyle. And, um, you know, even some people even consider depression or uh, uh, not uh, staying happy. Uh, those uh, tends to worsen the narrowing of the plaque buildup. Okay. Now, I think most of us have heard of other types of vascular disease. Cardiovascular disease, for example, is disease of the vessels of the heart, and when those vessels become blocked, it can cause um, a heart attack. Or cerebrovascular disease, which is disease of the vessels of the brain, which when they become blocked, can cause a stroke. Those situations are pretty scary, but why should we be worried about the vessels in our feet and legs? That just doesn't sound as intimidating. Well, that's the unfortunate part that it doesn't uh, uh, become scary until the very end. And that's why people do not pay attention. Actually, I have had uh, patients who uh, have a severe, severe critical disease, uh, even 100 times worse than what happens in the heart. And they may not develop symptoms until the very end when there is a 
blue foot or ulcer that does not heal or a gangrene. Uh, and that when they first hear, oh, they're going to need to cut, chop the leg off. Many of the patients I have uh, talked to, uh, you know, they don't even know until the very end. That day they are told, oh, well, we'll have to chop your leg off. That's why it's very critical to understand this disease well in advance. Those are good reasons that we should pay attention and do what we can to prevent PAD. Now, I understand that there is a very high risk of amputation in the United States. Why is that? The uh, incidence of uh, these amputations is almost uh, close to 200,000 amputations happen in the United States every year, you know. And that number has not reduced. Actually, it has been uh, increasing. The poorer the areas, the worse is the amputation risk, you know. Uh, for example, in the southern states or uh, where I am from, uh, Bakersfield, California, there's a very high risk for amputation there. There's one of the highest risk county. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the problem is um, amputations happens because of the lack of the blood supply to the legs. It used to be that trauma would cause or uh, maybe cancer uh, in the uh, lower extremities that would lead to amputation. Those rates are decreasing, but the amputation because of the vascular disease, because of the lack of the blood supply to the legs, is increasing. Minorities also have a high burden of PAD, and the pandemic has made this even more challenging. Can you explain why that is? Uh, for example, African Americans, uh, uh, Hispanic population, you know, those are the two highest ri risk uh, societies uh, where there is a risk. Part of this is, okay, if you do not have the basic understanding of the disease process, that's because of the lack of education. That's mm -hmm. a, a risk. Uh, those people have a high risk for peripheral artery disease and not uh -huh. caring about it. Poor socioeconomic status, you know. That's the unfortunate uh -huh. part, you know. People who don't have their support at home, okay. So yes. they don't uh, get to mm -hmm. see the doctors uh, that often, you know. They don't get uh -huh. that help. I see patients all the time. They will, uh, their uh, children, they don't have time to bring them to the appointments, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, um, has the pandemic impacted this as well, uh, as far as people getting the care they need? Yes, actually, pandemic has made it really, really bad because uh, oh. uh, people have been afraid to go to the emergency rooms when there's uh -huh. a need. Uh, people have been uh, afraid to go to the doctor's offices, even you know. And that's why we made very special precautions. We took special precautions uh, to make sure these patients, because once you develop a wound, once you develop an ulcer, it's like in a medical emergency. You have to be taken care of. Now you can't wait. Just like having chest pain, I guess. That's like having right. chest Actually, pain. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, this is exactly like uh, like in England. They have made uh, the diabetic foot ulcer. Okay. Mm -hmm. it's in a medical emergency, patients have to be seen the same day or within twenty four hours, and that's the right way to do it. You know. Okay. Do we have any any um, guidance like that in the United States, or is I understand Congress is focusing on something uh, regarding a standard of care for right? There is a bill in the Congress that hopefully uh, should get approved uh, that should focus and emphasize the need for uh, multidisciplinary care for these patients. These patients, when they have the diabetic foot ulcer, for example, it's not just that uh, the uh, the vascular surgeon or the podiatrist, it's the, a team that needs to take care of these patients. Somebody needs to take care of their risk factors, whether this is diabetes or high blood pressure or cholesterol. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody needs to take care of their pain medication. Somebody needs to take care of their foot 
uh, wound, make sure they don't get infected and this is clean wound. We need to make sure that there is a vascular uh, specialist, whether it's an interventional radiologist or a cardiologist uh, or a vascular surgeon uh, mm -hmm. who needs to make sure that there is enough blood supply to the area, enough circulation. I have another question for you, though, Dr. Kumar. You know how with a heart, or a t heart attack or a stroke, those happen suddenly and dramatically? Is this something that happens with PAD? Do people suddenly lose circulation to their foot, for example? You know, peripheral artery disease is a slow-growing process. Okay. It develops slowly. It's not as acute. Yes, it can happen, but that's uncommon, okay? Okay. When there's a significant plaque buildup that's almost blocking the artery and suddenly there's a blood clot that develops, you know. Uh -huh. It happens, but 90, more than 95% of the cases of the critical uh -huh. limb ischemia, what we call it, the diabetic foot ulcer or gangrene, uh -huh. they are not as acute. They develop slowly over the weeks or over the days, you know. So these clues that tell us that PAD is developing, do they offer us opportunities for intervention, steps we can take to prevent the disease from getting worse? Yes, yes. Amy, what happens is um, if you have any symptoms in your foot, one of the most common symptoms, of course, of the gangrene, but that's late when they start developing severe pain. Mm -hmm. But before that, the problem with diabetic patients is they have peripheral neuropathy and they're not able to feel that pain that would happen in normal people when, like, for example, chest pain, you know, if you have mm -hmm. a narrowing or blockage in the heart arteries, mm -hmm. you feel that ischemia, you feel that lack of oxygen, lack of nutrition, that as uh -huh. you exercise, you will start feeling that pain, angina, yes. we call it. Yes. People with diabetic foot ulcer or these gangrenes, there's two different kind of disease process here. One is the major arteries. And if there's a blockage mm -hmm. in those, if they walk, they will develop what we call is claudication, just like okay. angina. They walk, okay. they start developing uh, leg discomfort or pain or heaviness, and then mm -hmm. they will stop. That pain goes away, they walk again. Okay. Then there's a different kind of disease process, which is small vessel disease. Mm -hmm. And that's what causes, and small vessel disease is the disease in the lower extremity arteries below the knee below the ankle in those small arteries, you know. Okay. And that's not a pain like claudication. That pain is when they are resting, when they are sleeping. For example, when the foot is up, when they're sleeping, then the toes don't get, that's against the gravity, you know. So what will happen is they will start developing the discomfort when they're sleeping. They get cramps or achy or heaviness because the blood is actually uh, so little into those small arteries because of severe blockage, okay? Mm -hmm. The blood is having difficult time going against the gravity. So when they are standing or sitting or walking, actually they may not feel any pain. So the rest discomfort that wakes them at night and then they have to dangle their feet down the bed because whatever the blood supply uh, is going through those small channels, when there's a gravity, then that gets better. You see, um, I mean, this is very important to understand. Most people, uh, it really, uh, it doesn't, uh, it's recent understanding because the, uh, now we are able to get into the small vessels below the ankle, mm -hmm. okay? So it's very important to understand for the patient when they are sleeping, their foot is like this. 
and the okay. tip of the toes is against the gravity. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. And uh -huh. that that's where they start feeling that cramps or achy heaviness, and they wake mm. up, and so they can't sleep. So so pain at night is a very important symptom. Okay. Other symptoms then they feel is uh, they feel certain numbness or off balance feeling because of the nerves that are involved. And uh, now we understand that a lot of these cases with peripheral neuropathy, these nerves get damaged because there's lack of blood supply. Okay. So if there's mm -hmm. a peripheral artery disease that reduces the blood supply to the bones, muscles, and all the tissues, well, mm -hmm. the nerves are also there. They also get lack of the blood supply. Sure. Okay? And that's what uh, causes the peripheral neuropathy. Actually, we have patients, when they, we open their arteries, they start feeling their foot again. They know where they are putting their foot on. I had a patient who says, well, before, I didn't know where I'm putting my foot when I'm walking. And I used to feel uh, rocks and uh, uh, in my feet or uh, feel like walking on cotton. Okay, So mm. I always feel off balance that they're going to fall. But now yes. they know where their foot is. They don't have to keep looking down all the time where my foot is because they start having that feeling back and they don't feel off balance. Oh, wow. Very interesting. Okay. So what are these? So you mentioned that we can get into these small arteries now. Um, so these early symptoms offer some opportunities for intervention, correct? Absolutely. Right? Yes, okay. yes. See, what is the most critical part in these uh, patients is to, first of all, to prevent the disease process, okay? Mm -hmm. So a sedentary lifestyle has to go, yes. okay? So walk. So walking builds mm -hmm. up this blood supply and uh, continues to uh, wash off the recently added plaques that happens every hour, every day, you know? So that's why okay. exercise is very critical in these patients, okay? Good nutrition, okay? Diet. Uh, you know, so regular diet, exercise, those are the, and then controlling the risk factors like, you know, not smoking, making sure their glucose is under control, uh, as most of these patients are diabetics, okay. their cholesterol management, you know, those are mm -hmm. the mainstay of therapy in these patients. That, that's pretty amazing. I um, I mean, I think we've all heard of, you know, angioplasty for the big vessels that, you know, are causing problems. But the, I always thought those tiny vessels were kind of, once they're blocked, they're blocked. So that's, Well, what that's happened is impressive. the uh, experience we have over the last 30, 40 years in the heart, because the heart arteries are about two to three millimeter in diameter, I mean. These are small arteries, okay? And in the legs, Below the knee, the arteries side starts becoming almost the same as in the heart arteries. Uh -huh. So what we are dealing with, what the experience we have in the heart is now we are able to take the advantage of that experience and able to help the uh, arteries as small as even in the uh, foot. But what about once the disease process has started? Walk us through what a vascular specialist such as yourself would do to diagnose this disorder. Yes, Amy, the diagnosis can be made very easily, actually. On the, uh, when we see these patients, uh, a phys good physical examination, okay? They have lack okay. of the uh, uh, blood supply uh, signs on the foot, their foot cape. Uh, when you feel it, it may feel colder. Uh, there may be lack of mm -hmm. the uh, hair on the foot. The sh skin becomes shiny. Uh, then you start feeling mm -hmm. their uh, pulses. Uh, the pulses uh, are easy to feel in the foot. Uh, and the volume mm -hmm. of those pulses will be low. So they have lack of pulses uh, eventually in the uh, legs and feet. 
So by a good physical examination, and uh, we always should check their uh, uh, foot. Uh, when we see these patients in the office, we always have them their socks and shoes taken off. Because a lot of patients, uh, because mm -hmm. of peripheral neuropathy, they may not feel they have an ulcer. I have had many patients where they have the ulcer, they don't even know about it. They walked, oh, uh, they put uh -huh. their uh, foot on a nail and that, uh, you know, for example, they do have a, uh, a sore there, but they don't know about it. Okay. So wow. it's very important to do a very good physical examination on these patients. And then we can check their pressure in the uh, legs and feet and they'll be lower mm. than what the pressure is in the heart or elsewhere. So that we know okay. that there may be some blockage. So this is a simple test, what we call is the ABI. Then we do an ultrasound. Ultrasound can show us the amount of the blood that's going through these arteries. So an artery, we call it arterial duplex study. Okay? Okay. And then there are other tests we do like CAT scan, uh, CT angiogram or MRA. However, uh, the, uh, the crux is the good physical examination, the pressure test and the ultrasound. By that, we can make a, a quick diagnosis in these patients within an hour or so. This has been very helpful in understanding the big picture of PAD and why we want to take every step that we can to prevent it. In the future, I want to dig into ways that we can prevent and treat this disorder. But for now, can you tell us what the most important takeaway for the patient and the most important takeaway for the primary care physician would be? I think it's very important anybody who has a risk factor, for example, they have been smokers or diabetics, uh, and if they have any uh, symptoms that they feel somewhat abnormal. For example, they're not walking as much as they did before. They start feeling mm. numbness or achy or heavy or cramps or even uh, night cramps or restless legs. Any of those symptoms, if they start feeling, they should get evaluation for PAD. Okay. And it's very okay. simple to do that. So don't wait to get don't to wait. be seen mm -hmm. and get, get help. Go, go see your doctor. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Kumar. I appreciate it very much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Amy, for having me. This podcast is brought to you by the Heart, Vascular, and Leg Clinic in Bakersfield, California. If you wish to speak with one of our physician teams, you can do so by visiting www.heartandleg.com or contacting 661-324-4100. Please do share this show with anyone you know who may benefit from the information we learned today. You never know, it may be just the helping hand that someone needs. From Bakersfield Health Channel, may you walk stronger and live longer.